When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine, need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are, right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning, all for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. And this is as live as it gets, Redmond. We are on the North Bank, 750. 750. In, uh, uh, where are we? Is middle this of nowhere. Yeah, we're off Portsy. That'll do. Off Portsy. Don't tell them where we are. Oh boy, there is some seriously expensive real estate that we're looking at as well. Is that the one you just bought? <laughs> No we, we no. need we need to apologise to all our listeners out there, Patrick, because we got a bit excited at the end of last year because it is the new t- new year, 2024, which we're going to talk about. 2024, yep. But we didn't get to measure, wish a Merry Christmas because we thought we were going to be on air the next week. We did, and then we, we gave up. We because, got shafted. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we weren't super organised, it's safe to say, but we're starting 2024 off with a bang. Neither of you or I are actually at the helm. We've got uh, a special guest this morning is Kane Ridden of Reef Thief. And speaking of Reef Thief, Lewis Redmond, mm-hmm. they have been working a treat because this morning we have nailed the southern bluefin tuna out of Port Phillip Bay, fishing just off the heads. We're bagged out, so we thought now's the time to do the show. There isn't a better time to do the show. There's a school in front of us that we can see just there. Has it surprised you how close they are in? I mean, you catch them... Often, there's a lot of boat traffic at the moment for those that are in school holidays and we're obviously smack bang in the middle of it at the moment. Um, But the area's fishing well, but then you have days where... Not so well. Yeah, (laughs) like we we fished during the week and I reckon we fished for five hours before we saw a thing and then we had 40 minutes of absolute mayhem. Yeah, it's just those same thing that you and I talk about year in, year out. They just want to be pricks at times and that's what they'll do. They... Oh, how do we explain it? I was out the day before and or a couple of days before saying we had fish everywhere in this area and I was so confident. I said, let's go out early. I believe early they'll be down deep, but they'll be feeding. They'll come up and smack. Then as the sun comes up, they'll start sunning themselves and they'll be a bit harder to catch, but we'll be able to see them. And sure enough, they weren't there anywhere. We spent, like you said before, five hours trying to locate these fish and we could not locate a single fish anywhere. We had Reese Stanley on the boat and... Look, let's be honest. He's as big as a Bertram flybridge up there, Patrick. <laughs> but we he, we couldn't we couldn't quite find the uh, we couldn't quite find him. But how was that water quality? So the difference between the two days was it was amazing. A green to a milkshake chocolate, like yep. that rain that we had come out of the river on the big tides, that first big tides, and it pushed out. And where those fish were, they won't come into that. So what we had to do was wait for that tide to change. And once that water started clearing up, we could literally watch it. And I said. It's going to happen on this tide. It's going to happen. And sure enough, half an hour after the tide, enough blue water moved in and it was a complete different colour. And what turned up? About, what, five, six, seven, eight schools of 
Southern Bluefin Tuna. And like you said before, well, we're not even a K and a half offshore. So in very, very close. So they don't continue to surprise me, that's for sure. But uh, it's always good when it's a little bit of a challenge too because it makes your brain hurt a bit. But it's always good when that rod screams off. So getting up early, we fished and we're out very, very early. Yep. The importance of actually getting out. Very, very early seeing... for a football that starts at 10 a.m. <laughs> well, I left at 4 a.m. to get to your house. You're an hour and a half away from me. But getting out early, sussing out the conditions, seeing whether they're on early. Like, the, the, the bite for us has been sort of 9 a.m. onwards. Why do we get there early? Why are we there well, three hours early? I just thought that <sighs> the previous days we got fish early. The fish went early on sunrise. Which is a good another. It's another bite time that we like to talk about, but I reckon if we hadn't have had that dirty water, I still think that we would have had a lot of fish early morning. It's just the fact the fish weren't there in that water where I thought they were going to be because of how the quality of it, it was miserable. Like it was, you could it was like it was like a milkshake. It was like right. a, it was yeah. just hor- horrific. So that I didn't know it was going to do that. It wasn't like that. And but the rain once with the rain come and pushed out, sure enough, it come out of the river and out of the rip and created that yuck. So. That's why we're up early, trying to create our chances. Like, we're planning to fish for six hours anyway, but our best times was early morning bite time, and then I knew once the sun come up, come up we go to that traditional sunning themselves, like we like to call them, where they mill the water. And uh, sure enough, they, they did at that magical 10, 11 o'clock, whatever time it was, and we managed to pick off quite a few fish, which is always good. You're listening to Real Adventures. If there's a slight hum in the background, it's because there's twin 200-horsepower Mercury four-cylinders just slowly pushing the uh, North Bank 750 along the Portsea-Sorrento shoreline. Just admiring some incredible property at the moment. And the time to fish is now, obviously, depending on your weather, picking those winds. You've got to obviously manage the Port Phillip Bay heads. We've had a few people that... um, taken out during the week. Gil McLaughlin, one of those, former AFL CEO. And, and Gil's got a Bertrand 25. And Aaron, you were talking to him as we were coming back through the heads around managing that waterway when you don't fish it a huge amount. Yeah, it's a, not a very kind waterway at the best of times. And uh, you get your days where it can be really good, but a lot of the time it's not good. And we actually went through on the way back in at the worst possible time. Now, when I say that, it was the worst possible time for that day. And so we had beautiful weather out wide. Yep. I think it was Wednesday that we fished. It was like it was not Mill Pond, but it was glassy yep. in the bay. It was glassy offshore out of the bay yep. in the ocean, and it was horrendous. Um, yeah, so they got these massive tides at the moment. These really big ebb tides, and we went back in on the middle of it, and I would it was one hundred percent safe. It just stands up a bit, and if you're in a smaller boat than what we were in, or if you're not. Familiar, it's quite intimidating. There's a couple of small tinnies out as well. There was. was interesting to see. So what they would probably be doing is fishing the slack periods. And for me, I don't really like that as such because it's that's the safest time to do it. Obviously, been through there a lot and the guys that go through there are a lot of comfortable and confident going through there. But if you haven't been through the heads a lot, going through on that slack is that prime time because there's no water movement whatsoever and that's when it's at its calmest. But the problem is fishing the slack water... What happens if an hour before that slack, the fish come up, it's glass calm still, you don't have anywhere to be, but you'll have to go in. You're going to miss out. Another thing, what happens if the wind gets up on you earlier and you've and it's blowing 20 knots from the southwest and you've got to get through that rip and you don't know how to get through when it's moved? So trying to aim for the slack is obviously the safest thing to do, 
but you need to start learning a little bit more, and in my opinion, once you get more confident with it and start to actually understand your tides, when it's going to be at its peak. Like next week, when there's the full moon here, going through that tide, middle of the ebb tide, Pat, it's not going to be really anything there. If you get a nice day, like the same day that we, similar day to what we had, you're gonna, it's going to be calm. So crossing any bar or entrance is, uh, is, is dangerous. Just please do what you need to do for your own safety. Don't try and follow other boats out because it doesn't work like that. Uh, and just slowly learn it, experience, experiment a little bit with a little bit more tide and stuff, and uh, yeah, take note of the tides and the size of the tides and the things, the swell and what actually impacts it. So basically, it's safe for you to go out next time that you decide to head out. We drove past a few kayakers earlier this morning, and you were unusually in a jovial mood and happy <laughs> to actually converse and talk to people. And you moved them away from a few of the weed, be- weed beds into the the sandy patches they were fishing for whiting. And it's a good note for anyone that's using kayaks, particularly, well, we were Queenscliff sort of Sorrento way, but if you're fishing close to the beaches, just finding that those sand patches the, when you're fishing for whiting, fishing for squid. The thing is, there's some of our best fishing, a lot of our best fishing for your bread and butter species is not necessarily out in the middle of the bay. Everyone thinks yeah, you have to yeah. drive kilometres. Like, we literally come out of the Queenscliff uh, cut as you call it turn left and within 100 metres we're on whiting ground you don't need to drive far so you just got to do the right things so like you said before weed sit on the weed have your baits in the sand holes etc and there's plenty of whiting in both Port Phillip and Western Port they're fishing 10 out of 10 at the moment squid fishing is quite good too uh the, the big ones are still there, but not as... People aren't looking for them as much, but they're there. But around the whole bay in itself, Port Phillip, there's so many fish there. And we're going to talk a little bit more in the whip around. But it's just doing the right things. And kayakers have so much access to good uh, facilities as well as good fishing. So Queenslee's got a great facility. They've got a full kayak launch now, there now. You can come out, which gives you... Good luck paddling against the tide. I know that I'd be going backwards on an ebb tide there, Patrick. But basically, it, it, that whole Queenslee grass beds is widening you'll be able to get gummies a bit further out like is there's so many places in place like western port as well kayaks gives you you can get to so much so much good ground like whether yeah. it's snapper or gummies so it's not necessarily being the furthest out it's just being in the right places looking at your charts on your navionics understanding where you are and you're going to get plenty of fish the other thing that uh that we've noticed a bit this week when we've come in and retrieved launched at, at Queenscliff has just been the, the captures of not only bluefin, but just how people are looking after or not looking after their catch and the importance of bleeding your catch. You've put all this effort in to catch, you know, a fish of a lifetime, a beautiful southern bluefin tuna. And then for those that haven't done it a huge amount, I know you were talking to a few, um, a few gents earlier in the week, just the importance of bleeding your catch. Otherwise, by the time you put that thing in the fridge, the flesh is... Destroyed. Not totally ruined, but pretty close. Yeah, it's a tuna's a pelagic fish, so they hold a lot of blood, and uh, the first thing, priority, is to get the blood out of it and cool the fish down. So these tuna that are out there now, and, and with what's going on with tuna champions and, and the likes of social media and, I guess, the exposure of looking after your fish now, social media is probably the biggest one, is the fact that a lot of people now do the right things. I reckon it'd be 80, 90% now do do the right things. And if you are... Well, it just tastes better. And just, yeah, like you're not seeing 20 fish on the deck anymore. They're all in catch bags, ice yeah. bags. Bags are the best way to go about it. Uh, well, we've got one on the deck now that you could just easily roll up and put in the cabin. Like the eskies take up 
quite a bit of space. And they do. Yeah, these soft are, shell bags are absolute rippers. Yeah, but they're good for a period of time. Like they don't hold ice forever, but like they're not as good as an esky. But they, as in, you're not going to leave fishing there for four days on an esky. Like you get ice to last for ages in an esky, but they're they're relevant to what you need for the day, and they work tremendous. And we like we only kept three fish the other day. Like you kept one, Reese kept one, I kept one, and you don't you don't need people aren't going out killing twenty fish now. So when you get these fish. I like to net them, and I had... Do you not believe how many yeah, people... Yeah, I have been surprised how you've thrown away the gaff. So there's so many people. It's probably my most actual message I've been getting on the socials. Why are you netting all your tuna? Like, so many people are blown away by it. But the reason for it is, not real good at cleaning. And when you gaff a tuna, the problem is, can, blood goes absolutely everywhere, and it's just a pain in the absolute backside trying to clean the boat. But not only that too, Pat. When you gaff a tuna, what happens then? You put a big hole in the fish. And what happens then? They bleed. You bleed. You bruise the fish. Not only do you bruise the fish, for me and yourself and Kano, who's with us now, we want to get some brilliant photos of these fish. And we don't yep. want big holes of blood coming out of them. No, we no, get the fish. We, so for me, this net just seems dumb enough, n- dumb not to do it. So we basically get this net in. They come in. We've got these beautiful hook em nets. They come in so good. And basically, we, we just flick them up, get a photo. We then, our technique that we use, and we'll talk about what we've done today, is we then go straight into your live bait tank. We nick the sides so we don't have blood all through the boat again. Nick the sides of the fish. We bleed them in there with the live bait tank running. Sucks all the blood out of it. And once the blood comes out of it, we give it, what, five, eight minutes? And then we pretty much, Kano was on the deck, gutting them straight away, straight into the ice uh, chill bag with the ice slurry, and basically yeah, ready to be cleaned whenever you get back in. So... Looking after fish is extremely important, but tuna is one of the ones that you need to look after. Otherwise, it just goes to crap in seconds. Really quickly. Very quickly. It's just about, I don't want to gaff the boat that I'm on, on my boat. One thing is I look down the back, and we've, we discussed this today, just lifting the batteries off the floor compared yeah. to where they've been because I don't use my boat as much as I'd like. Having batteries sit on the floor, we... Constant and water. Very big shout-out to um, Real Adventures... Uh, one of our real adventures buddies <laughs> and your best mate, Gibbsy, yep. uh, Herschel. Um, he spent four hours in the boat last week, early last week. He corroded and, um, wire. Finally got it out of um, storage. And this is a very good lesson for everyone. If you haven't got your boat out yet or you have it sitting in driveway and you think, oh, I'm going to take out, go out for a fish tomorrow and everything will be fine by the time you get ready to go. So what happened, Pat? Either goes- have a friend that can... <laughs> To fix, to fix everything or get onto this now. So Pat, basically, Pat said to me, can we go Monday? I said, no worries. And the day before, I'm like, Pat's like, oh, I'll grab the boat on the way down. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just grab this Arvo and we'll have it for tomorrow. And I'm thinking to myself, this boat hasn't been used for a while. So this is like nine in the morning when you rang me. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm getting the boat now. So I went and got the boat now because the, the fact that your boat doesn't, doesn't get used. Now, people will go into my boat and go, oh, my God, look, it's been used, blah, blah, blah. But the difference between my boat and your boat is the thing is things go wrong when you actually don't use your boat. That's when things go wrong. That's when engines play up. It's when batteries play up. It's just when things go wrong. So we left this boat last time no, and everything was working. I'm, I'm going to go against you there. You know what? Things go wrong when your mate takes it to Bermagui for a week. And don't you laugh, Kane? Sitting in the background. And they fill the thing up with just Lots half the eastern seaboard. 
And then it sits in the paddock for six months. Yes. And we don't really want to hose the batteries down with fresh water, do we? <laughs> is that are you meant to do that? I don't even know. I need but, some CRC on this boat. Oh, that actually, there. there's something, is there something in the side from the other day? Because I Go sprayed look. a lot of it on those terminals. But basically, you want to try and use your boats as much as possible. And when you are not using them, it's still worth just running them at home because just tick the engine over because that's when, like I said before, things will go wrong. Now, uh, your, your batteries, like, there's, they're the biggest first thing to go wrong. So whenever you've got something wrong, start with your batteries, whether it's terminals, wiring, whatever it is, start with it and basically go from there. And poor Gibber, underneath there, it was quite hot in the backyard on a 26-degree day. Not that we've had many of those, but we were sweating, that's for sure. Thanks, Scrubbing Daniel. terminals. You owe him a Pinot Noir from what I've been told. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Real Adventures. We are in the middle of Port Phillip Bay making our way live across. Where are we going? We're going from Portsea to Queenscliff. To Queenscliff. And coming up after the break, we have got the whip around. We're going to find out what's biting in your part of the world. And we have Kane Rin from a Reef Thief who's chatting the most successful lures. Uh, well in Port Phillip Bay, around the heads on these tuna at the moment, what goes into the manufacturing, the construction, and why you need to get your hands on some to get yourself some incredible southern bluefin tuna action at the moment. You're listening to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like a Razorback 4x4. Redmond. It is time for the whip around. Well, before we get into the whip around, look where we are. Here we are in Port Phillip Bay in the Port middle. Port Phillip Bay. We're heading back to Queenscliff. Kano's steering the ship. and If you can hear a hum in the background, that is the uh, four-cylinder 200-horsepower twin Mercury's. Now, I've got a question for you before we get into the whip around. Be a beautiful. Go You're on. Back on Monday, training. How was your break? We didn't even speak about it. How was your break? You did a little bit of hey. fishing with me at the end of it. How was I've it? i plenty of fishing. Loved it. Good? Been bloody fantastic, mate. You know what wasn't great? Skin Christ- folds Christ- when you got back? No, Christmas weather wasn't great. That wasn't, no. that wasn't super good. We took out big Reese Stanley earlier in the week, took out the big fella. Yep. Um, he didn't break a rod for the first time that we've taken him out the no. previous two times. He is a strong human. Yeah. <laughs> Very strong human. Let's put it that way. Go on. Tell the story. Well, we're just, we've got a bag full of tuna. You couldn't move the, either could you, Kane, and you, Kane, we haven't given, Kane gets a microphone in the next segment, so we, we can talk about him all we like, and he yeah. can't rebut at the moment. Um, he lifted, but neither you two could move this bag. Yeah, well, we, actually, no. Kane and I went to... Kane carried it out of the back of the ute the day after to get rid of the frames and was... The I'm going to go with... So he ended up with tuna blood all over his shirt and pants. Let's put it that way, because he was stuttering that much with the steps. Because <laughs> it was quite a heavy bag. But poor Reese just walks with three or four giant tuna in a bag with a bag of ice and whatnot and just lifts it and walks with it. I just... He's a big man. Two, he's 200. You hurt more people in the footy field. 103 kilos. He's too nice a person. He is too nice. He's a lovely, lovely man, Reese. Lovely the, man. Uh, the best part about Reese is he uh, has a farm, Patrick. And uh, I'm waiting for some beef. Let's put it that way. Oh, you've done the deal. You've done, done a, a few deal. deals with Patrick. You got with, him. Uh, with yeah, Reece. okay. A few bit of fish for some beef. 
bit of a trade. Don't mind that. Hopefully, six, I've looked after Reese, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, he sticks to his word. And if he doesn't, did you see? I during, know where he lives. Did you see during the week the social posts with Whiting at ninety nine dollars a kilo? Yes, I did. I flicked you over that post. Is and, that you uh, that sent it to I me? I did send it to you. Is that the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen? Yes, especially when chicken's about ten bucks, and I love chicken. It. Uh, like you. <laughs> You're better off going on a charter at the moment. The charter pays for itself. It's if they're any good. If they catch them, uh, is it worth it? No, absolutely, it's not. It's not, is it? I don't like fish that much to spend that much money on. Hundred dollars a kilo. So, yeah. uh, pinched your. Well, you left my boat at my place for a few days during the week because of. Um, we we're going to reuse it. There was no point towing it back to storage and. I pinched it for one of the days. To using Kane's it right now, mate. For, for well, yeah, the day before, I p- pinched it out. Or a couple of days before, I'll take the kids out. And we just, Kane and I literally got, what, Kane, and I, probably 15 flatties, I reckon we caught. So what do you reckon? It would have been probably just shy of a kilo of meat, I reckon. And it's trying to say it's $100. I'm not going to the shop and buying the $100 of flathead. Like, no, God, no. Just, anyway, let's get to the whip around because uh, <laughs> we've got plenty to report. We've had enough. Had enough. All right, I'll, br- I'll bring it in. Do you need a stinger for it? Do you want me to bring it in? No, is that, no that's all right. I'll bring it in. Uh, <laughs> Quade and Bo had a good day on the snapper fishing in the shallow water out of two Ross. Some really good, really good pinkies, all on soft plastics. So that's really, really good signs of two Ross. And fishing out of Marimbula, I'm going to show you a little photo there. Check out the size of these kingfish. Well kingfish, over a metre kingfish. Extremely yep. good. But the funniest part about that is the rod actually snapped while she was actually trying to capture the fish. So, uh, well done. Am I going a little bit? I'll, I'll save it for Victoria. But we've just driven over a little patch that um, you pointed at the screen and said, that's kingfish. Do we see more of them? Like Every time you go to catch kingfish, you don't catch them. But every time you're chasing tuna, which we've done this morning, you drift over things that yep. normally if you spend time targeting... It's always the way. You never catch. It's always the way. I reckon Always the way. The problem is I actually don't really target kingfish a lot. I always do the tuna or something else. But I need to probably start fishing them more because there's such a good fishery there for them. And They're so hard to fish for, though. They can be pricks, yes. Sorry, I've interrupted you. No, they can be New pricks. New South Wales segment. Uh, well, and the marlin, there's a few marlin starting to show. The current has just eased a little bit. The current up the east coast, I really hope it's not like last year, Pat. I really, really don't, but it's not looking good. But it has slowed up, and there are a few stripies caught in amongst them, which is always good to see. And heading up to the Gold Coast, Patrick, heading into Queensland's report. Well, uh, New- Queensland's a tough one to report at the moment for obvious reasons because we've seen some of the worst flooding and torrential rains that hasn't stopped some spectacular catches, though. Yeah, I've seen a massive dewfish being caught out of the Gold Coast Tweed area. Uh, basically, 12-ounce sinkers, and they literally say on, on say on underneath it, I can't tell you anymore. So I've got no more information for you on that one because he won't tell you. The other one then, was the Noosa River, old boy. Yep, what seeing, happened there? Seeing good catches of Brim, Flathead, and Trevally. Once again, targeting uh, the jetties and the structure, particularly with... Um, Bait, pippies, cockles working really well. And heading to uh, your neck of the woods, Kano, uh, Early Beach. We've got some seriously good coral trout and red emperor being caught. Falling victim to the holocore flashes in between the islands all around Early, and they are some seriously good red emperor and coral trout, so that's fishing quite good too. Heading over to the west? Well, your mates, we speak about them every single week, and they continue to be... um, 
you know, the snapper central, but there's a few more than just snapper being caught of late. Yeah, Jazz Charters, some good kingfish are mixed in amongst their... Uh, mixed in amongst their snapper and of course on strike fishing charters who Kano and I ventured with uh, well, a month back now maybe a little bit more some beautiful big GTs also and then heading to Learmonth just catching GTs off the jetty down there Patrick some really really good GTs being caught there too so uh, good fishing in the west as per usual it doesn't surprise me it's you know you had this time of the year you've obviously got to battle the Winds at different stages, but obviously there's more people out fishing, so you're going to get greater reports. Heading to South Australia, my neck of the woods, Coffin Bay, you got a couple of nice reports out of there, Redman. Yeah, young fella Taj had a great day out, massive haul of nanagai up to about three, four kilos. They're great nanagai, and they're a beautiful-looking fish. They taste unbelievably good. Nanagai burgers, if you're looking for a recipe there, Taj, they are unbelievable. Make a nice dill, lime dill sauce, uh, white dill sauce with a bit of lime in it, a bit of Tabasco. And a uh, nice bit of lettuce on the bottom, bloody terrific, if you ask me. Tastes unreal. We're hearing some, uh, we'll just move away from that if you don't mind. Uh, the jetties from Grange right through to Henley and Brighton holding really good squid at the moment, um, as well as garfish late at night. Garfish. Dipping in South Australia. It's Dipping. Cool. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, there's a lot of people doing that in the bay at the moment, but the problem is you're just not getting the days to do it with the weather. But anyway, to Port Lincoln. Some really, really good snapper caught and some flatties out of Port Lincoln as well. And before people say anything anywhere, there are different rules and regs right through South Australia of how many snapper you can keep. They lift it in certain areas and whatnot. So check your local rules and regulations, and I'm sure you'll be able to work it out. Heading to Tasmania now, last one for the report, uh, last few for the report. Some seriously good mako fishing off the shelf, St. Helens. Big mako's being caught. Yeah, Tyler Not, Cleary I don't just think on socials big. posted during the week. No, they're, they're, they're beautiful shark. I reckon they're perfect. So they're probably 100 kilo, maybe a little bit more one of them. When Aaron talks about are they too big, one of the big concerns with big sharks is the mercury content that exists in their yep. flesh, in their bodies, and if they get too big or that concentration's too high and they can be dangerous to eat. But those, I think if you're working sort of less than seven foot, which they are, yeah, that's very manageable. I, I'm, I'm all for keeping a big mako. They, uh, they eat really, really well. Uh, they fight really, really good. And to be honest with you, they're probably one of my favourite eating things out of the ocean. They're yeah, beautiful. I agree with that. And yep. don't you know what? Like those two, three hundred kilos, they're big. They're too big in my opinion. Uh, would I keep one on the day? I don't know if I would. Would I let it go? Just I don't know. I'd do a spur of the moment thing. But yeah, they, they, these hundred, hundred twenty kilo ones are absolutely spot on. And the northwest side of Tassie as well, some really, really good snapper being caught too. So fish up to five, six kilo uh, from there. And our good mate Paul Worsling's been just, they're allowed to pot over there in Tassie. They're yeah. allowed to drop pots in and they've been getting some magnificent uh, crayfish as well in their pots. So yeah, there's plenty happening over Tassie and I'd actually would love to head over there at some point soon. Let's work our way uh, from the south to the north of Victoria now. Now, I'll, I'll we've got a bit of parallel work going on here. Well, I'm going to say Port Mac, but I know we obviously know it's South Australia. You tend to claim it as Victorian. Um, let's talk Southern Bluefin tuna and this nothing. coastline at the moment. Uh, nothing that I've heard down at Port Mac at all. Yep, bottom fishing is good still, as usual, just your sharks and all your, snap, your summer fish. Heading to Portland, massive week on the kingfish. Fish very, very well. Two seconds from the ramp, literally. Come out of the ramp, turn left, and you're there. Is that is that baited? Is that 
Yep. Jigging, what are squid they doing? Squid strips, floating squid heads down on balloons. If you can get live squid, whatever you can get, bit of burly trail going on anchor, you can slow troll or you can cast if you see them on the top. There's so many different methods, as we know, but bait was by far the best. Uh, also, there's lots of pinky snapper in around Portland Harbour. And then offshore in the deep water, there's trumpeter, there's gummies, there's all sorts of stuff. So it's fishing very good. Salty Dog Charter has been good, doing very good out of Port Ferry, which is always good to see. We'll come back to sort of where we are now, Patrick, and basically Literally. the tuna. The tuna. You're wondering, if you are wondering why there is a slight hum in the background, because we are on the water as we speak. First time we've actually, you know, we've done it before, um, but genuinely motoring through Port Phillip Bay this morning. It is a beautiful morning. If you're not out fishing, you should be. Um, I interrupt. Sorry, back to you. Oh, I was just about to say that the tuna fishery has been very, very good. A couple of quieter days here and there. It's early in the season, but it's been very, very good, the tuna. And the and beauty of it being so close to home. Oh, it's been tremendous. And then, of course, the whiting, 10 out of 10 this week with those big tides. We, Kano and I, took the kids out. We've got some beautiful squids, some flatties all through the bay. It's so easy to get a feed right now if you do the right things, Pat. It's just, I know we say do the right things, but like Salt Guide's there for you. And I say that, I know it's a business, but it, it's, it's not hard to do the right things to scrape a feed of fish. And at 100 bucks a kilo for flatties, you go get a kilo of those. I tell you what, it's well and truly worth it. G-Man over in Westernport too. Whiting are on fire, as many as you want over there, thick as anything. There's going to be some kingfish starting to show. I've heard some rumours, some kingfish showing in Western Port. And then the tuna out Western Entrance and whatnot, they're starting to pop their heads up. Inverlock's fishing very, very good. You've got Lake uh, Lake's Entrance, the whiting are fishing very good. You've got the pinky snapper and gummies off Lake's fishing very good. It's, whole state's fishing really good, apart from the bad weather that we consistently keep having. And just reiterating the challenges when you've got these significant downpours and you spoke off the top of the show around the changes in tide once that water cleans up and that really does tend to kick the tuna into gear versus the dirty water and the yeah. challenges we've certainly had earlier we've had that this morning you've seen it exactly firsthand what the importance of it and like people will say you're talking crap when you're with them but when it happens and you show them right in front of them they can't really argue with you so it's definitely playing a big role try and find some clear water not that i can find fishing it at the minute but it's well worth trying to stick it out in that better water than it is that uh, rubbish, dirtier water, that's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, I don't that's know. a whip around. You happy with that? Whip? Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's a good whip around, that one. That's very good. Well, good start to the year. Well, it needs to be us because the Queenscliff Ferry is not far away and we're about to be hit we by water. We probably should need to go to a water. break here. So, we'll go, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to a break. You're listening to Real Adventures, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to chat all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. We are out in Port Phillip Bay. As we speak, that is the water in the background that you can hear and it's all thanks to Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. It is, of course, time for all aboard. It is. And we've and got a, it's very a little bit guest. A very special guest, but it's a little bit different. If you are hearing a sort of a dulcet hum in the background, we are mm. live this morning from, oh, sorry. <laughs> from Port Phillip Bay, moving away from uh, Sorrento Port 
what is it? Portsy to Queenscliff. Slowly etching our way back in. But our special guest this morning is Kane Reardon from Reef Thief. The most successful lure by far so far on the Southern Bluefin Tuna. Kane, thanks for driving the boat this morning whilst, <laughs> whilst we record radio. <laughs> morning, boys. Thanks for having me. Now, have, you, have you been? Uh, obviously, you've had the business for about 12 months now. Yeah, probably properly for about 12 months. He's a couple of years older. Um, but, yeah, as with all things as a side project, it's more time. So we've really been invested more heavily in the last 12 months. And obviously there's the, the R&D that goes into that, the research and development and, and the search for what works. So the only thing you can really do is yeah, put the lures in the Yeah, give me a set of losers, lures and ask me what works and tell me what they need to fix. That's he's, pretty much how it goes. He's generally a pretty honest person in that aspect. <laughs> Aaron's the most honest person with technology I think that I've ever met because everything's pretty crap most of the time. Hey, um, no, I've got the, these lures are working good now. We're going, you should see the fish they're catching. Hey, can I... Uh, Put up an Instagram poster in the week of the lures we've been using, and I've had Kane working harder than he ever has in so his life. So, what lure was great. that? That is the six I've got to ask Can I say it? Have you, got, have you got any skirts left? Go for it, but if I have to see another one, that's a different story. <laughs> the White Knight, which is this sort of white lure with a what are you, little tinsel, silvery pattern inside of it, Kane? Yeah, it does a little bit of a flash underneath that sort of, you know, where we are down here on the, the south coast is maybe that white bait that these fish are eating. And it seems to be working very, very well because. 90% of our tuna have come on this lure. And uh, basically, we're running it with teaser bars. With our teaser bars, it seems to still be catching fish, which is always great to see. But the problem is, Kano, can anyone actually buy these? Have you got any in stock with people that are wanting to buy it? Do you have to go home now and make a few lures? Where are you at with it? Can, uh, I, can I say the problem that we've got is the fact that we're about to hit waves. Fairy wake again. I wonder Here if anyone go. can actually hear. Whoa. To we apologise. There we go. You said it was all aboard, wasn't it? It, it was all, all aboard, and you're all aboard uh, the 750 North Bank as we uh, go over a metre and a half of ferry chop. <laughs> apologise for that. But, Kato, yeah, can we get them? So where can we get these lures? Because they are working very well. There's a lot of people chasing these bluefin tuna right now, and that's why we thought it was relevant to get you on, because... Where can they get these lures? I've had lots of messages. Paddy's had lots of messages. What are we doing there? All online. So the biggest thing I can say at the moment is... Uh, obviously we've had a few shutdown days with Christmas, New Year's, no postage, nothing happening there. So we do have the stock. They are getting sent. There was just three or four days there. We couldn't do much from our end. So, And you're actually tying them at home at the moment. I am. I and am. packaging. We are. So uh, my business partner's kindly run away up the, uh, the East Coast for half holidays. His, <laughs> half his luck. Yeah, which I can't blame him for. But no, they're definitely there. They're definitely getting sent. So yeah, keep them coming through. Just imagine that you don't want them tomorrow. I apologise at the minute. I'm just making sure that these coppers that are coming past us aren't pulling us up right now. <laughs> uh, f- uh, this is the first time that we've... So we've recorded you put radio... in the boat, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> we've recorded radio uh, before on the boat, but we were actually docked up in uh, the Queenscliff yep. Harbour with Chris Vasileski from Gone Fishing Charters. But we thought, why not? We're in the middle of the bay <laughs> at the moment, so just doing it a little bit differently. Hey, Kane, there's... It this might be done more often, to be honest with you. This has actually been a pleasant way. Well, we'll see what the feedback's like <laughs> with the audio. <laughs> we'll, we'll, go with, we'll go with good. If you've got a problem with it, then we can't do much about it. Um, Send an email to Aaron. Because we're, we're recording now. But if you like it, well, just you know, send through some positive feedback. That's always handy. Um, you're the boss, so everything runs through you, Came when it comes to research and development. And you obviously have a whole lot of mates that are really, really keen both recreational anglers and then obviously Aaron does it for his for his job. Um, with that obviously comes direct feedback when it comes to this is great, this is crap. 
how quickly does it take to change designs of things, change colours? Because that's obviously one of the beauties of having really quick feedback around, all right, let's let's slightly tweak this, let's change the weight of this skirt head or the colour. Like the White Knight's obviously just dominating at the moment. moment. I'd like to think we're past that in some aspects. Like, you've got to remember, we're not putting out these products tomorrow that we've dreamed up today. Yeah, no, we've tested these. Yeah. Hard. Like the, just to, sorry to answer it, but we, when I say we worked hard, we had these barrel lures, and we mentioned one other time that we didn't, Kane didn't have them, they weren't quite right, and, I, and he wasn't selling them yet. So and how did I you find said, out they weren't, they just not... Kane and I used them hard. Yeah. We used them, and, and then until we got them right, we got the weights, like we were just saying, they're not heavy enough, they're not this, and then... And you can see that in the water? Yeah, but and holding in the water, but then we got them right, didn't we? Yeah, well, that's like, it. They've caught and, us so many fish. And again, it's sort of tailoring for us down here. Like, these lures might work fine somewhere in, you know, the cool, calm waters of, you know, southern Queensland, or... Where they don't have the swell that we have. Yeah, yeah. it's just a different beast down here. You get out in the Southern Ocean, or even some of the days we go out here in the Bass Strait, and yeah, they're tailored for us, and the way that we fish... Um, as we sort of grow bigger, I'd imagine there would be some more feedback from those different places around the country and adapting to those different scenarios. But I am confident that these lures work here. Yeah, and that's, and that's obviously work. something that you're open to in terms of other places. Like obviously, primarily you're a Victorian. You you live and work in you know the the Ocean Grove, Barwon Head sort of region. You're built by trade. Yep. And you've gone into fishing. Like, why the hell have you gone into fishing? Good Is question. It? He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> passion project. It's, it's a passion project, exactly that. And I suppose, you know, those other things you listed, I like to think generally I've always been someone quite creative and likes to build things and make things and yeah. sort of along the process of fishing throughout my life, I look at things and go, oh, I could do that or I could do this. And albeit sometimes I might be a little bit naive in what I can and can't achieve. Um, but yeah, and not only that, but how much money it's actually going to take to get it to that point. But we're there now, and yeah, these things have been selling like absolute hotcakes. And you know, it's pretty special to tie on a lure that we're making and selling straight off the front. But you know what I reckon is the most rewarding thing, and I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit of a uh, little bit of credit for it too. That it's I shock horror. I actually I actually enjoy this too because I don't like plugging crap, and I, you'll see on my you don't you'll actually see on my social media. I don't, I'm not a plugger. I, I just don't like. I don't like talking about stuff I, in my post because you just look like an advertisement board. And this is a very good relationship that I've been. Well, able and to if build. it doesn't work, people will just turn around and go, Mate, "This doesn't catch." Like, I'll get honest opinion. Honest opinion. Like honestly, Kane and I had worked hard to get lures right, and we didn't use them. We just worked to get them right at the start, and then we finally got them right. So then we're using them hammer and tong because we got them right, and we're proud to use them. And I like to say to Kane, I said, I like to say with Kano here that. When we get the photos, well, I don't get a lot of them, but when I see Reef Thief sharing photos of people that follow us on social media cool. using that product, you're yeah. like, oh, well, how's the reward? Like, they haven't just plugged something that's crap. You've actually spent your $25 on a white night. You've gone out and you've caught a fish on it. And, I've, like, we've asked you to, to use that because you're going to catch fish. Don't go to a store and buy something. The tackle store go, recommends this because you don't know if that's actually going to be working. Like, we're trying to work with stuff. And Kane's got four five lures different colours right in that pattern in that different the four inch four inch lure that he has right yep and we're honest Kane we could easily put a different colour in these fish's faces right now and I said to Kane the other day we got one on a pink and I'm like do you want to do this he's like yeah we only got one fish on it but we got eight on that because we yes we run on the furthest teaser bar blah 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 yes the others do work but at the moment right now that white knight that it's white about bait it. no is matter where you put it on. exactly whether in three weeks time 
they fixate on the Lumo Green. Remember last year, Kano, they fixate on that Lumo Green? Yep. The Lumo Green was by far our standout lure. So we're going to try and promote the stuff that's working at the time yeah. so people can purchase them. Kane, you've got some brilliant packs that people can get too, which is me and you, you and I put those together with different colours that we like using on these on these local tuna and whatnot. You can probably hear an inboard Bertram 23 <laughs> go past us there. That's a 25, but not a 23. 25, is it? Sorry. That's a big boat. And a little bit of weight coming too, boys. A little bit of weight, that's all right. But it's all, it's all, that's what happens when you're recording live, like we are in Port Phillip Bay. Oh, there it is. Right now. But basically what we're trying to say is that it's a great product and Reef Thief, if you haven't checked it out already, please head to the website. Kano, tell us the website. What is it? www.reefthief.com.au Original. Also, feel free to uh, message us through the socials and things as well, and we'll have a chat. Beautiful. As always, Kane, an absolute pleasure. You need to get back to driving the boat. We've got another segment to go, Redmond, because you've got your review coming up right after this, uh, as well as Red's tip and, of course, the flying gaff. It's a bit of a cracker uh, this morning. You're listening to Real Adventures live from Port Phillip Bay as we make our way from Sorrento to Porty, all for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. It is time for your review. It is Red's review for Club Marine. Boating's just better with Club Marine boat insurance. And this tip comes off the back of the success of late that we've had with the shotgun Lua, off the top of the boat, has been the most successful in the spread. Yep. So we thought we'd review rocket launches. Yeah, so there's a few reasons to have them. If you are on the water right now listening to us and looking at us, you probably see we look like a porcupine. So we've got a lot of rods up here. Now, what we've got is a double up of uh, rod holders. Now, we're talking about the rocket launches that in this case right now as I look at this and I'm holding on to it up here. So a rocket launcher, for those unaware, if you've got a bimney or a canopy on yep. your boat, it is the... Uh, rod holders attached to that company. If you've got a hard top, you'll obviously understand that there's there's framing around that hard top. Most boats will have a uh, rod system, rod rack set up, and in the fishing industry, it is of course uh, called a rocket launcher. And, and what I recommend is doubling them up. Don't just get a single one where there's one, two, three, four, five, six. I'd get I'd get maybe eight plus. Yep. The reason for it is it allows you to take more rods, but it allows you to get them out of the way. And what I mean by that there is if you're trawling all day and you're casting rods at the top, you don't want to lay all your trawling ones back down in case the kingfish come up. And then all of a sudden you're trying to cast over these rods. You can put them up the top, you can get them away. So they're really, really good. But another good thing, another thing that they're good for as well, as you just mentioned, Pat, is when you're trawling for these tuna, it gets your teaser bar out of the way. So we run it up the top in the corner and that shotgun teaser bar is out the back out of the top there and it just gives you an extra couple meters of clearance and then you have your next one down at the back in the corner and you just don't have any tangles so setting your spread is good out of them but of course also traveling and the accessibility of actually running all sorts of different rods on the day allowing you to fish for all sorts of species so say for instance pat we want to go for whiting now which we've actually got whiting rods up here next to me we can go for whiting, but they're not, they haven't been in the way all day. It's actually been quite pleasant today. Keeps everything neat, doesn't it? Yeah, Keeps the deck neat. 100%. You've got no rods on the deck and you're all clear. So, rod racks is, uh, sorry, rocket launchers is Red's review for today. And uh, basically, if you don't have them, I highly recommend you get them. And if you do have them, make sure you try and get them doubled up so you can travel with more gear on the boat. There's a huge amount of uh, rocket launchers, overhead rod racks, uh, that you can find. You can find really cheap ones from about 200 bucks online. Now, the challenge with the really cheap products is you are going to struggle to put 
a decent rod up top and actually trawl with it. So you've got to be mindful of that. If you want to go something that you can buy off the shelf, but it is slightly heavier in construction, you're looking at something like the Viper Pro Series, uh, which retails around that $1,400 mark. And then obviously, if you get into your custom stainless work, it goes significantly higher from that. But if you want more information, most really good marine dealerships, they've all got stainless contacts that they can put you in contact with for for custom works, or you can obviously buy products off the shelf. And that is our Reds review for this morning for Club Marine. Boating's just better with Club Marine Boat Insurance. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. We are live from Port Phillip Bay. We're not sure if it's been done before, but we are recording in the boat, on the water. We're looking at the... Well, there's a squid. No, I'm just trying <laughs> We're looking at the Queenscliff Harbour at the moment, and we're in the, uh, the final stretch, Redmond, because we're going to get back to actually the fishing part of our expedition this morning. Uh, but it is time for Red's Tip. Uh, basically, now you might you might say that I'm uh, you might I'm making this up as I go. I know right? because you know what you know what I you just, were just doing. I put you the, just put the engines in gear you and you why? started steering. Do you know us. why? I put, no, do you know why? Because I didn't want the wind on the side hitting the microphone. Oh, I was actually being quite thoughtful. Technical. Yeah, very so you thoughtful. just ruined me trying to do it quietly. Uh, no, what I'm going to say well, people here could is, hear the you, motors in the is, background hitting getting into gear. Yeah, it's those mercs. Uh, just quickly here, my tip is. You fish with your kids a bit, right? Yes. I fish with, obviously, my kids, Kane's kid, blah, blah, blah. When I launch with Finn the boat, come down to the ramp, something that I'm paranoid about and something it's hard to do, so him and I go out quite a bit by ourselves together, where do you put your kid? That comes to your head. Look, where do you put your kid when you're trying to put the boat in the water? For me, I leave him in the car. Yeah, I was going to say. In the car? Behind, yep. Yeah, so what I do is I reverse the car into the water with the boat on the back, obviously, and I say to Finn, I actually trust him. Sounds dumb, but I trust him. Don't touch anything, Finny. No, I won't, Dad. Like, and he says it, he won't. He knows he's not allowed to touch anything, and I trust him. Sounds dumb, but I do. But one thing that I'm... My tip here, this is the tip here. One thing I'm paranoid about is the car sliding into the water. I'm absolutely paranoid about it because he's in the car. Well, you see this all the time yes. in the US where people forget to put their just, just handbrakes f- on or whatever it might be. Yep. So my tip is, if you are launching with a kid, I leave Finn in the car while I, I quickly drive the boat off, tie it off. Undo the windows. That's my tip. So I undo the windows at the Contra. boat ramp. In case you need to be like what a Or do I need to go hero. in to get him or does he need to get out? Like I don't, and I leave him unbuckled. That's another thing. He stays in the back, but I leave him unbuckled. Because I just got a good tip. I, I just, it was just, I've been doing because I've been with him quite a bit lately. I just paranoid when I'm at the ramp. I just have to undo the windows because if it falls in and the windows are done up, he's dead. Yes. He's not going to be able to, well, the electrics go straight away. So my tip is if you are with your kid, and I don't know, like I said, I'm not making it up as I go because I do do this. But if anyone's got a reason not to do this, maybe don't leave your kid in the car as a good starting point. But that's where I feel like it's safest. So he's not Especially walking around around the water. It's just the two of us. What do you do? Like, you can't have him walking around with you, your legs while you're jumping in the boat, driving the boat off. He's not going to follow you. So he's very good, Finn. He does listen to me. Uh, probably the only place he does listen because he's going out in the boat where he wants to be. But that is the tip this week. Back in the boat down, 
in the car, get your child, children in the car under your windows. I feel like it's the safest thing to do in case your car does slip into the water, which it's never happened for me, but in for some reason never know. Scared, it does scare me. So that's Red's tip for the week. Dangerfield, you've got something good for us for the flying gaff, that's for sure. What do you got? All right, here it is. Listen, take a listen, take a listen. Affectionately known as Gus, the blue groper was beloved by locals here at Oak Park Beach in Cronulla. That's why beachgoers on Saturday were understandably horrified to see a fisherman spear the large fish and drag him onto the rocks. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> he really had to haul it out of the water. Mm, we'll just uh, thank you, Channel 7 there, Channel 7 News Australia, just uh, for that audio. And it's safe to say this guy, talk about hauling a fish over the rocks, this guy has been dragged over the coals. He has, has had some strong feedback, Aaron. I actually haven't seen his side of it yet. Like, did he know? Blah, blah, blah. I've got no idea. It was a genuine accident. I don't know. But he has... No, I'm not going to compare it to much, but... There's some things in this world that you shouldn't do, and I'm not going to say it. He has copped it more than some of the things you shouldn't do in this world. That, that gas, that fish, was very sentimental to people. <laughs> more than David Warner's grab baggy green that he lost. <laughs> it's been unbelievable to see the uh, outpouring of, like, the grievances and emotion from the death of said Gus. So anyway, the uh, the man in the wedding, not should, sure where he's like from. Memorial photos Hashtag rest of, in peace Gus. There's memorial photos of people like swimming with Gus, like hand feeding him, doing all this stuff in these all over social media. Yeah, And there's this guy that's just walking with a spear gun holding the Gus quietly. Gills, oh I shouldn't laugh but it's not good. Hashtag rest in, rest peace. in peace Gus. Hashtag <laughs> underwater companion. Hashtag blue groper love. That's been the uh, the trending topics. Uh, that man oh, gets dude, our dude. flying gaff for the start of 2024, all live from Port Phillip Bay. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you haven't enjoyed the audio, well, we'll be in the studio <laughs> next week to kick things off. But like probably most of the population, we're just having we're continuing our break we're still at the on moment. Holidays at the minute, Patrick. But we thought we'd just bring a little bit of live real adventures to kick off your morning this morning. We hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you next week.